DiscerningHearts.com, in cooperation with the Oblates of the Virgin Mary, presents The Daily Prayer of Discernment, The Examined Prayer, with Father Timothy Gallagher. Father Gallagher was ordained in 1979 as a member of the Oblates of the Virgin Mary. He obtained his doctorate from the Gregorian University, and he has dedicated many years to an extensive ministry of retreats, spiritual direction, and teaching about the spiritual life. Father Gallagher is the author of seven books published by the Crossroad Publishing Company on the spiritual teaching of St. Ignatius of Loyola and the life of Venerable Bruno Lanteri, founder of the Oblates of the Virgin Mary. Father Gallagher is featured on the EWTN series, Living the Discerning Life, the spiritual teachings of St. Ignatius of Loyola. The Daily Prayer of Discernment, the Examine Prayer, with Father Timothy Gallagher. I'm your host, Chris McGregor. We're at a very important point in our review and study of the examined prayer. You've so beautifully taught us the five steps, but as equally important in some ways, how we support our prayer is as invaluable as the steps combined, aren't they? Well, all prayer, and this applies also now to the examined prayer, happens in the context of our entire spiritual life, our whole life, really. So that what is happening outside of the examined prayer has a lot to say about what's going to happen when we actually come to the time itself of the examined prayer. And St. Ignatius is very aware of that and supplies a number of, I suppose, helps you'd call them, or tools that will assist and prepare for a fruitful examined prayer. And I'd like to take just a moment now to look through some of those. I remember years ago, uh, struggling to try to pray the examine, I think sincerely, um, trying to be faithful to it, but encountering, as I think we often will in the life of prayer, some struggles with that, that the next time I would meet with my own spiritual director, I would ask him if each time we met throughout the year, we could talk about what was happening as I tried to pray the examine. And we did that. He'd get a little smile on his face at some point in our conversation and say, well, how's the examine coming? And we would talk about it. And I can see that in retrospect, I was learning something that I now think is very important with regard to the examine. And that is that the examine prayer is hardest to sustain if I am alone in trying to do it. And it gets easier and more sustainable if I am accompanied in some way, spiritually speaking, as I try Mm -hmm. to pray that day by day and throughout the months and years. Now, the most, I suppose, um, obvious way to do this would be through regular spiritual direction. And if that can be found, and if we have access to that with a, a wise and good spiritual director, it's obviously a wonderful thing for not only the examined prayer, but for all of our spiritual lives. Some of us may find it difficult to find that readily. And in that case, I think it's worth considering the practice of something like an annual retreat, where if I can, once a year at least, I get away for a day or for a weekend or for whatever length of time I can, and make a retreat, time of prayer and quiet, and during which I would have access to a retreat director with whom I could speak. There's a big difference in the spiritual life between simply and always being on my own, and even if it's once or twice a year, being able to speak with someone uh, who is spiritually wise. 
Mm-hmm. I've also met people who have learned the examined prayer and have formed groups in which the, I remember a woman telling me that she and her friends for years would get together for breakfast on Saturday mornings. It was good to be together, but they were gathering ex- explicitly to share at some point in the conversation their experience of trying to pray the examine prayer as a daily exercise in discernment, and they found that enormously strengthening for each other. When I was writing, I was speaking every so often with a priest's friend, and obviously because I was so heavily engaged in, we would be speaking from time to time about the examine prayer. And I still remember one evening opening the email. There was a, an email from my priest friend, and he shared what he um, needed to share in that email. And then he concluded by saying, well, this is the time when I pray my examine in the evening, so I'm going to end the message here. Well, you can imagine that I was not going to let the evening go by without praying my examine prayer after mm-hmm. getting that message from him. They're very simple things, but to be friends in the Lord sharing the prayer of the examine is enormously strengthening. I've also met husbands and wives who pray the examine prayer together every night. Some cases have done it for many years in their marriages. And you can imagine it's easier for both to sustain when one calls the other you know, to, to the prayer. And the fruits of that in a marriage where that's possible Uh, can be very beautiful because what will happen is that as husband and wife together turn toward the Lord in some form of a verbally expressed shared prayer, they are drawing together. They are sharing things that maybe otherwise they never would. And that done faithfully uh, really works something very beautiful in a marriage. I've seen that uh, a number of times. There's even uh, one, one woman who tries what she calls the family examine. And uh, she's a mother of four, the time she told me this, young children. Each evening around the supper table, she, her husband, and the children, they would invite each of, of the family members present to answer out loud two questions. What am I most and what am I least grateful for in this day? And she said, we do our best in the midst of spilt milk and all the rest that can go on with it. But she has come to love what that form of some simplified form of the examine together as she describes this as it was surprising to her how after a time it would be the children who would ask for it uh, as something that they looked forward to so there can be a whole range of ways in which we can look for some kind of accompaniment as we try to pray the examine if we can find that we will find that enormously strengthening Father, there seems to be something so beautiful in being able to walk the journey with others. I, I mean, our Lord himself sent us out two by two, it, or he sent his disciples out two by two. And it always seems as though it's wonderfully nurturing to have at least another person to be able to kind of take this this pilgrimage in faith. I think that's true of the spiritual life in general and also true in its own specific way of the examined prayer. Because there is something in us which can find it difficult to stop and look within. Because it can take a certain kind of courage to be able to stop and look within. And that gets much easier if we're not alone. Um, Mm -hmm. So I think there is a way in which that general principle in the spiritual life applies 
very specifically to the prayer of the exam and the image which is coming to my mind as I say this and which I often think of as the scriptural image of the examined prayer is Mary Magdalene on the morning of Easter when she stands outside the tomb and she's afraid to look in the tomb because she's afraid that the emptiness that she'll experience there will mean the end the last lingering link with the Lord she loves. But she can't leave either because the tomb is the last place where she finds any kind of link with the Lord. And so what she does, she does what we often do in the spiritual life. She simply stands frozen, unable to move spiritually, and her tears fall. And the tense used in the scriptural uh, account indicates that this goes on for some time. And then, the scripture gives us all the details, has the courage to stoop down and to look into the darkness, to look into the emptiness. And she finds out that it's not as empty as she feared. And that a conversation begins which leads to that marvelous encounter with the Lord, the exchange of names, and the renewal of her entire life. I think the examined prayer often is like that. But it can seem daunting, as it did for Mary Magdalene, to stop and to look within. All of that gets much, much easier if we're not alone in the spiritual life. And I think also... Having spoken of accompaniment, it's good at least to mention that the examined prayer is most fruitful when it is not the only prayer in our lives, when it grows out of the soil of a daily life of prayer. Because if it is, if it were simply the only prayer in our daily life, what will happen is it will seem a little mechanical after a while. It will kind of be reduced to a sort of technique of different steps. What gives the examined life and makes it a daily prayer of discernment in the Spirit, is the ongoing prayer that fills each day, be it daily Mass, Liturgy of the Hours, the Rosary, Meditation on Scripture, Lexio Divina, whatever it might be, and in whatever way fits into the vocation that God has given us. If we have a faithful daily life of prayer, then the examine will develop in the way that um, St. Ignatius really has in mind. And then I'll also mention that if we want to grow in the ability to examine spiritual experience, because grace always builds on nature, anything we do to develop simply the natural human capacity to contemplate, to slow down, to be quiet, to observe, to notice, is going to help us when we come to the level of grace. I always remember one of the uh, religious houses in which I lived, there was a fireplace there. And oftentimes in the evening during the winter, there'd be a fire there. Maybe somebody sitting there just reading, looking at the fire. Someone else dropped in, would talk for a while. Just quiet, contemplative spaces in our lives. One of my fellow priests is a bird watcher, and I've gone with him a few times. And it struck me that there's something very healthy in a contemplative capacity with regard to nature, just to take time and to notice things in nature. It might be useful along these lines to, to view sometime the documentary on the, the uh, French Carthusians that integrate silence. It's a long movie, it's two hours and 40 minutes, and it's a simple documentary, um, itself silent, there's no soundtrack to it other than the natural sounds that accompany their quiet life a viewing of that where you begin to notice even the little ripples on the holy water in the font when the storm comes. Uh, it just provides a window into 
developing a contemplative capacity just on a human level that then assists us a great deal when we try to pray the examine. Time without headphones, without smartphones, um, just unhurried time listening to music, out walking, um, all of that's going to help us as we pray the examine. Now, um, some people also find it helpful in praying the examine to do some writing, some journaling. Certainly St. Mm. Ignatius did that, and we've quoted at various points along the way from his journal where he writes day by day what he sees as he examines his spiritual experience. I think a lot of us find that helpful because when we express things in written words, we really see them more closely, more deeply. And it also provides us a way to look back over the spiritual experience of, of weeks or months and to see trends, see, see things that are emerging, things that often return, and we begin to see more clearly where the Lord may be working and where it may be calling us to grow deeper in our relationship with Him. So I would say if any of us uh, is really considering, as I hope we are, taking this teaching to life and actually praying the examine daily, we might consider whether, like Ignatius, we would find it helpful to just do some brief journaling in conjunction with the examine and what emerges from it. I'll just add that since writing is in my blood, it's something that I do, and I find it very, very helpful, both in the moment when I write and also later when I can review what I've written. We'll return in just a moment to The Daily Prayer of Discernment with Father Timothy Gallagher. Litany of Humility O Jesus, meek and humble of heart, Hear me. From the desire of being esteemed, Deliver me, Jesus. From the desire of being loved, Deliver me, Jesus. From the desire of being extolled, Deliver me, Jesus. From the desire of being honored, Deliver me, Jesus. From the desire of being praised, Deliver me, Jesus. From the desire of being preferred to others, Deliver me, Jesus. From the desire of being consulted, Deliver me, Jesus. From the desire of being approved. Deliver me, Jesus. From the fear of being humiliated. Deliver me, Jesus. From the fear of being despised. Deliver me, Jesus. From the fear of suffering rebukes. Deliver me, Jesus. From the fear of being calumniated. Deliver me, Jesus. From the fear of being forgotten. Deliver me, Jesus. From the fear of being ridiculed. Deliver me, Jesus. From the fear of being wronged. Deliver me, Jesus. From the fear of being suspected. Deliver me, Jesus. That others may be loved more than I. That others may be esteemed more than I. That in the opinion of the world, others may increase and I may decrease. That others may be chosen and I set aside. That others may be praised and I unnoticed. That others may be preferred to me in everything. That others may become holier than I, provided that I become as holy as I should. Jesus, grant me the grace to desire it. Amen. Amen. Hi, 
Hi, this is Chris McGregor of Discerning Hearts, which is a 501c3 fully tax-deductible nonprofit organization dedicated to evangelization and spiritual formation through the use of new media. Discerning Hearts creates engaging multimedia specializing in podcasts and radio broadcasts, faithful to the teachings of the Roman Catholic Church and its rich, authentic spiritual tradition. We hope that if this has been helpful for you, that you will first pray for our mission. And if you feel us worthy, please consider a charitable donation, which is fully tax-deductible to support our efforts. We charge nothing for any of the programs that are available on Discerning Hearts, and our outreach is literally to the world. Please tell a friend about Discerning Hearts and either download our free apps, which are available at iTunes and Google Play stores, or visit discerninghearts.com. We now return to The Daily Prayer of Discernment with Father Timothy Gallagher. Father Gallagher, for those who are intimidated by journaling, I mean, sometimes um, they feel maybe I have to have the right sentences or I'm not a writer or I'm, I just don't think I can do that. Should they try to anyway? I mean, should they worry about trying to write the, the great diary? That this is a help to be used in the measure in which it helps. And everyone's very different on this. So some may find it helpful. And that's a wonderful thing. Others may find it more difficult than distracting from the prayer. Then they should feel perfectly free to let it go. Just putting out some of the various helps which can be there and may be of service to, to us. But we can use them with great freedom. What really matters is to pray the examine in the way. You see, for all of these kinds of things, St. Ignatius has a principle. And what he always says is this. Try it and reflect on your experience. If what you're doing is helpful, continue with it. If what you've tried doesn't seem to be helpful, let it go. Try something else. Review that experience. Experience and review of experience is always the way St. Ignatius invites us to find our personal rhythm with any of these optional helps you know, with regard to prayer. Obviously, if we can speak with a person of spiritual wisdom, it's always very helpful too. Now, one question probably which has been in the background all the way through and we do need to address explicitly is, this is a lovely form of prayer, but I'm a busy person. Do I have time to do this, realistically okay. speaking, in my day? Well, I'm going to read from a sentence from a Jesuit author who answers this question about time. And he says this, St. Ignatius of Loyola recommends that we make it a daily prayer by reserving about 10 to 15 minutes at the close of each day or at some other moment when we can steal a bit of quiet. Now, that sentence recognizes that for many of us, the best time may be toward the end of the day. I would say maybe not always the very last moment. For many of us, that might be the best moment, but sometimes we can be so tired by then that it's very hard to pray, and it may come a little easier if we do it just a little bit earlier, perhaps in the evening. Or as this author says, at some other time when we can steal a bit of quiet from our busy schedules. So it could be at any point in the day, finally, the time that works best for us. Now, 10 to 15 minutes, he says, my suggestion would be, I'm a very firm believer in small steps in the spiritual life. If that seems daunting, 
and let me start it with just two and three minutes each evening or five or seven. I think it's much better to begin a practice of prayer doing less rather than more because we can always add more as we get comfortable with the first step. But to try too much too soon may be discouraging and hard to sustain. I remember a man telling me he made an Ignatian retreat, was very enthused about the exam and began spending a half hour praying it every evening. And you can almost tell me the rest of the story. That He sustained that for six months and then, of course, it just got too difficult to sustain. So I would say start with whatever amount of time seems realistically possible. And then the examine will grow and develop as we go forward with it. However, we'll also find that if we really want to pray the examine with all the richness of the five steps that we mentioned, it will take a few minutes. There's a reason why an author like this Jesuit I've quoted suggests that amount of time. But as I say, small steps, I think, are the best way to begin. Some of us may find that we easily have that 10 to 15 minutes. Wonderful way to start. Others may find it more doable if we begin with less. Whatever helps us to begin, I think, is the best way to to move with regard to that question. Well, Father Gallagher, you've given us some wonderful guidance on how to sustain the exam and prayer. It, it is such a gift for us. Any final thoughts as we, we come to a close on this particular prayer? Well, why don't we do that through a few concrete experiences. Some years ago, I found a letter on my desk, and it was from a woman who said she was sending me what she called an unsolicited testimonial. And she said, please feel free to quote this in any way in which you'd like. And it's a marvelous letter from a woman who really loves the Lord and had begun to pray the examine prayer and found it through it. She said it was like before she was praying it, it was like wandering through a jungle. Um, and then she said this, my after experience, that is, of making the examine daily has let me see the problem much more clearly for what it is. Question of asking if certain thoughts or patterns of acting are leading me toward God or away from him, which is a nice summary of the examine, asking those questions, is like shining a light into a dark room. One sees all sorts of things for what they are. The examine prayer becomes like that, like shining a light into a dark room. Many things begin to clarify in our lives and we find our way forward. Another woman used this phrase and she said, the examine is like a mini retreat, which is a nice mm -hmm. way to describe it. It helps me to remember what is important. It helps me to get my priorities realigned. Praying the examine is the difference. Well, I'm going to say this with yet another person's words. Uh, this was a phrase, too, that really struck me when this woman said this. She said, without the examine, I would be just reacting. The examine prayer is the difference between, as this one woman says, between reacting and responding. In the first case, I'm struggling even to keep up with life. It's going too fast for me. Things are just happening one after another in my life, and it's hard to make spiritual sense out of them. Sometimes at some distance afterwards, I begin to see a bit more. And some of that will always be true in the spiritual life. But when there is the examine prayer, that gap gets smaller and smaller. And more and more we are responding to God in the events, the words, the encounters, the phone conversations, the tasks, everything which builds up and makes part of our day, we are 
responding to what the Lord is offering, finding our way forward with a kind of spiritual sure-footedness, which is a beautiful thing in the spiritual life. And that's ultimately where the examined prayer will lead. Whenever I uh, give talks on discernment of spirits, I always conclude by quoting a line from G.K. Chesterton, who flips one of the old maxims on its head, as he so often does, and says, Mm -hmm. if the job is worth doing, it's worth doing poorly. And that's eminently true of everything in the spiritual life, true of discernment of spirits, and certainly true of the examined prayer. When we move from the kind of discussion that we've shared in these conversations to the actual doing of it, there will be difficulties, there will be struggles, we'll feel like Chesterton says, like we're doing it poorly. But if the job's worth doing, it's eminently worth doing if the best we can do is to do it in some imperfect way. Because with that and persevering in that, we are surely going to grow. And the examine will become increasingly what Ignatius presents it to be, a a daily prayer of discernment. The examine prayer, once again, is something that uh, should be done on a daily basis. And it is really the, the sister prayer of the discernment of spirits, isn't it? It really is the prayer through which we take the teaching of discernment of spirits and bring it in a very concrete way into every day. When in the light of that teaching, we can review and see and understand more and more deeply the spiritual experience each of each day. And that's what the examined prayer will bring into our lives. And that's, that's why we call it, why we're calling this whole set of conversations a daily prayer of discernment. Mm. Beautiful, Father Gallagher. A lasting blessing from you for those who are going to embark on this this great relationship of prayer called the Examine Prayer. Well, let's just lift up our hearts in prayers then. Lord Jesus, we open our hearts to you in gratitude for the gift of prayer, in gratitude for the strength and hope and light it brings into our lives. And we ask you to bless our efforts to live a daily prayer of discernment. We ask you to send out your spirit abundantly into our hearts, into our minds, so that we may respond with increasing quickness, with increasing love, with increasing fruitfulness to your work in our daily lives. And we make this prayer in your name, Lord Jesus, who are Lord forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Father Timothy Gallagher, thank you so much. Thank you, Chris. You've been listening to The Daily Prayer of Discernment, The Examine Prayer, with Father Timothy Gallagher. To hear and or to download this conversation, along with hundreds of other spiritual formation programs, visit discerninghearts.com. This has been a production of Discerning Hearts in cooperation with the Oblates of the Virgin Mary. I'm your host, Chris McGregor. We hope that if this has been helpful for you, that you will first pray for our mission, And if you feel us worthy, consider a charitable donation, which is fully tax-deductible, to help support our mission. But most of all, we pray that you will tell a friend about DiscerningHearts.com and join us next time for The Daily Prayer of Discernment, The Examine Prayer, with Father Timothy Gallagher.